What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. This is your host, Mark. Flying solo today as we bring you and introduce a brand new segment where we're going to talk about some of the top performers at each position from week one. And we are going to figure out if they can do it again. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to call this segment Praise or Shade. All right, let's dive in and see what's real and what's fake. Hi, I'm doing the Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ, James White, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Go Pats. All right, guys, thank you for sticking with me on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. I'm very much looking forward to doing this new segment with you guys. Um, We know after week one, there's going to be a lot of uh, overreactions. Some of them might be warranted, but a lot of them, I mean, we got to try to figure out what's real and what's fake here. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, this segment is going to be called Praise or Shade. And that is very fitting because, you know, with some of these performances, I've seen week one... uh, we're not praising all these cats. We're, we're going to be casting some shade for sure. Before we get in, I just want to urge that you guys go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast If you haven't done so already, that's a really good way to help AJ and I continue to grow. So if you could leave your five-star reviews, that would be fed. Uh, I was going to say fabulous and fantastic at the same time. We'll go with, with fantastic. Also, another thing, if you're not a member of our Facebook community, you're going to want to go ahead and do that. We have all the latest breaking news. We have giveaways. Uh, We do a ton of listener leagues. We definitely prepare you guys during mock draft season with our every week community mock draft. We have a lot of good stuff going on over there. We do a ton of polls, all that good stuff. Very knowledgeable fan base, and it continues to grow every day. So if you'd like to get in on all the action, make sure you go to Facebook, go to the group section, type in Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. You can find us that way, or you can go ahead and just search up Sleeper Wire or Sleeper Wire Network. You can find us that way, too. Uh, The Fantasy Football Champs are a part of the Sleeper Wire Network, so you can find us either way. Also, we do have a Twitter that is at champs underscore podcast. Um, I do a lot of polls over there and uh, lots of good stuff. Try to interact with you guys as much as possible. Now that we got that house cleaning out of the way, I think we need to jump right into the week one top performer. So how I'm going to do it is, I'm sorry, I know kickers are people too, and I mean defenses, I mean that's not just one person, that's a lot of people, but we're not talking about them in this segment, okay? We're going to stick to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and we'll even talk about the tight ends. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the top five fantasy performances at each position. And then we are going to look at their week two matchup. And I'm going to tell you guys if I think that they can do it again, they can replicate their week one performance, or I'm going to cast some shade on it. So let's start off with the quarterback position, shall we? Okay, so the dude who came in as the top ranked quarterback for week one, no surprise here really. But I mean, it could be a little bit of a surprise because it's not one of the top two. If you've been listened, uh, if you've been listening to AJ and I for a while now, we always urge waiting for quarterback, and there's a perfectly good reason to do that, right? So 
if you drafted Patrick Mahomes, you probably got him at some point in the second round, maybe in the third round if you were lucky. ADP puts him in right at the end of the second. And Lamar Jackson, right around the same spot, right? Well, neither Mahomes or Jackson finished in the top three for week one. And, spoiler alert, Patrick Mahomes finished outside the top ten quarterbacks. For week one. So that just goes to show you how crazy the quarterback position is. It is loaded with talent, and these guys, anybody in the top 15 can go off and be a top 10 guy any week. So coming in in first place was Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson put up a whopping 31.78 fantasy points. A uh, fantastic showing from him. Now, they went against the Atlanta Falcons, so we, we were expecting a shootout. Um, it is worth noting that Russell Wilson, he's a bit of a tricky guy. He always finishes in the top five for quarterbacks at the end of the season. But the one knock on him is that he never really slings the ball all that much, right? There's, there's a lot of protesters out there on the free Wilson bandwagon because the dude, he just, they run the ball so much with Chris Carson. And then... Uh, Russell Wilson just kind of bails them out in the fourth quarter, and he always puts up really crazy hyper-efficient stats. Now, this game for him was the perfect game script, where he actually threw the ball a lot, and he continued his hyper-efficiency. He threw the ball 35 times, which is good for him. He completed 31, so 31 for 35, 322 passing yards, and four passing touchdowns. No interceptions. Russell Wilson's not a big turnover kind of guy. So you got 330, I mean, 322 and four. That's great. And then he also added 29 rushing yards on the ground off of three attempts. Um, this was just an all out superstar performance by Russell Wilson. Again, the matchup definitely helped him. Um, I'm not sure how many, how many more times Russell Wilson's going to throw the ball that many times. Like, it's just not really the Seahawks MO. They love running the ball. And Chris Carson, for some reason, only had six carries of this game. I don't know if Atlanta was really focused on trying to stop the run. Maybe this could be a good year for Russell Wilson if the Seahawks change their uh, change their MO a bit because they're so used to the Seahawks just being a grounded pound kind of team. So week one, it was they went the complete opposite route and it worked for them. They won 38 to 25, and Russell Wilson put up a fantastic fantasy performance. Now, do I think he can do it week two? Now, Russell Wilson's going to be playing the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. The Patriots' defense looked really, really good week one, but they also went up against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots are still... They still lost a lot of people to uh, the opt-out COVID. Um, but it, this is Russell Wilson we're talking about. The, the dude is fantastic. So do I think he could go for 30 again against the Patriots' secondary? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and shade flag this one. Um, only because the Patriots defense and Belichick, I think that they're going to really key in to try to contain Russell Wilson. And the Patriots secondary is so good, I don't see him throwing for th over 320 yards again. I think this could be a game where Seattle might try to establish the run game. Because, um, you know, the Patriots, I mean, you kind of have to pick where to attack them. I think you can try to you know, slow them down and try to keep the ball in your possession. So I think Seahawks are going to try to establish the run a little more. I do not see Russell Wilson going for over 30 fantasy points this week. All right, let's move on to the number two. Aaron Rodgers. Now, nobody expected this from Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people thought that he was washed up. A lot of people thought he was done. Um, there was some people out there. I was also in the camp that 
with uh, with the Packers going on and drafting a rookie quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, this could be the fuck you season from Aaron Rodgers. We know he has the talent, but it's almost like he needs the push. Well, it looks like uh, he Rodgers got the message and he's about to push back. He went for thirty point seven fantasy points week one, and he looked he looked he looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old. He he looks like the quarterback that everyone used to draft in like the third, fourth round as the first quarterback off the board. He looked like he went back to form. It was against Minnesota. Minnesota's defense, uh, there was a lot of hype, but I think it's overrated. Um, Their defense didn't look like all that to me. I think their defense is going to take a hit. Rodgers looked really good. He threw the ball 44 times, completed 32 of them. We got 32 for 44, 364 passing yards with four touchdowns. What a game from Aaron Rodgers. It also helps that uh, that Devontae Adams showed up in a big way. He had 14 receptions himself. He had 14 for 156 and two touchdowns with 17 targets. He had... Uh, I can't even talk about the target discrepancy. The next highest targets on the team was MVS at 6. Devontae Adams had 17. That is crazy. And to make matters even better... Week two, Green Bay is going up against Detroit, and Detroit's defense isn't scaring nobody. I am fairly confident that Aaron Rodgers can go out there, and he has what it takes to hang up another 30. I really do. Aaron Rodgers? Poised for a really big week two. Alright, let's try to speed it up a little bit. So, in third place among quarterbacks... We had Josh Allen making an appearance. Now, I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he's a really talented dude. And his uh, his throwing accuracy wasn't that bad for week one. He finished with 28.1 fantasy points. And here's the part you like the most, right? He threw the ball 46 times. That is crazy. He was 33 for 46 for 312 passing yards. Two passing touchdowns. He also had 14 rushing attempts for 57 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, he did have a couple fumbles, which which is a problem. But when he's giving you that many pass attempts with that many rushing attempts, um, you have to feel really good about draft, uh, drafting Josh Allen this season. He had more rushing attempts than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, almost combined, as crazy as that is. Singletary and Moss had nine apiece. Josh Allen had 14. So you're feeling really good about Josh Allen right now. Now, we did have an absolute cake matchup against the Jets um, week two. Will he be able to do it again? Let's check and see who he got. In week two, he's going against the Dolphins. So do I think Josh Allen can be a top five quarterback for week two? I really think he can. It might be bullish because we're talking about Josh Allen here, but Miami's defense is so soft that there's no reason that the Bills can't absolutely destroy them. And Josh Allen put up a top five fantasy week. Definitely in his future, I think. Okay, so coming in fourth place is Lamar Jackson. He had uh, he did pretty well week one himself. He went for 27.5 fantasy points. Now, to be fair, they did go up against the Cleveland Browns, and they won 38-6. to So, with that being said, Lamar Jackson really didn't need to do that many Lamar Jackson things. He threw the ball 25 times, which is fine. 
uh, completed 20 of them, which you love to see. You love to see that accuracy. Uh, 275 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. That's great. The rushing attempts for him wasn't wasn't really crazy. Uh, he only had seven attempts, which for a quarterback, I mean, that's good. But for Lamar Jackson, uh, you're not surprised if he has over seven. He had 45 rushing yards, no rushing touchdowns. He averaged about six and a half yards a carry. Um, the running back, uh, the running backs over in Baltimore was a little concerning, right? Because Jackson had seven attempts. Uh, Mark Ingram only had 10. J.K. Dobbins had seven. Gus Edwards had four. So they were, uh, it was pretty spread out. Um, Hollywood Brown looked good, though. He had five for 101 on six targets. So you like that. Uh, but Mark Andrews is the receiver you want in Baltimore. Yes, he's a tight end, but come on. He's, he's like their number one target. He had six targets, uh, five catches, 58 yards, two receiving touchdowns from Mark Andrews. You feel really good about that. Now, Baltimore absolutely beat the brakes off the Browns. And he still ended up putting up a good fantasy week when they didn't really need him to do much. Now, week two, um, we'll see if he can repeat again. He's going against the Houston Texans. Um, Patrick Mahomes on opening night Thursday night absolutely shredded the Texans defense. So do I think uh, Lamar Jackson's capable of finishing in the top five again? Absolutely. And coming in fifth place was Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray finished just under Lamar Jackson. He had 27.3 to Lamar Jackson's 27.5. Now, the Arizona offense uh, looked pretty shaky to come out. They definitely got off to a slow start, but they turned it around in a hurry. And, I mean, was it to be expected? They went against the 49ers. You know, the 49ers have a good defense. They ended up winning a close one, 24-4. But... I mean, Kyla Murray, the rushing ability that was on display on Sunday was really good. You really like to see it. Now, passing the ball, he didn't have his best passing game. 26 for 40. You really hope that the completions and the attempts can get closer together because he's a better passer than that. He threw for 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Again, Kyler Murray wasn't a big interception guy last year, so you don't like seeing that, but he did go up against a tough defense. But the rushing was the story for him. He had 13 rushing attempts for 91 yards and a rushing touchdown. If Kyler Murray is going to run the ball that crazy efficient, it is nothing but good things coming for Kyler Murray. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, their newest addition, he kind of like the Devontae Adams with the target discrepancies. DeAndre Hopkins had 16 targets. Next highest, five. Just let that sink in for a second. He had 11 more targets than the next best guy. And out of those 16 targets, he hauled in 14 of them. DeAndre Hopkins was 14 for 151. Uh, He had a big play where he got down at the one-yard line, which could have easily been a touchdown. Um, If that touchdown goes on the board there, then DeAndre Hopkins has a mega week one. 14 for 151 is nothing to scoff at. That's fantastic for Hopkins. Um... I loved Hopkins going to Arizona. I know a lot of people in the industry were off of it. They were saying he's not going to get the same amount of targets as he was uh, over there in Houston. Arizona has too many mouths to feed with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. I personally didn't buy any of it. Uh, my mind state when I saw this trade was that you don't bring in a guy like Hopkins and you don't 
like force feed him like Hopkins deserves as many targets as you can get his way so I was all over Hopkins this year so I really like the strong showing week one and the chemistry between those two so I feel pretty good about Hopkins not to take a victory lap already because it's just week one but so far I'm feeling pretty good about Hopkins in my prediction there now week two that's what we're here for right? week one's in the past I feel like week one was so long ago let's talk week two the Cardinals are going up against the Washington football team. Washington football team is also 1-0, if you can believe it or not. And Washington's D-line looked really good. The defensive line looked legit. Now, the rest of the defense, I'm not buying. Uh, I do think that the Eagles are just that bad. Um, do I think that Kyler Murray can go out there and be a top-five quarterback against the Washington football team? I really see no reason why he can't. Um, I mean, he has the matchup is there for him again. I think that he's going to get it done now. So those are your top five. Okay, we had Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I just want to bring up the quarterback who came in sixth place because I thought that this was a really nice showing. But it was Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, he had no passing touchdowns and he still finished as the number six quarterback week one with twenty five point seven fantasy points. Now, Cam only had to throw the ball 19 times. He completed 15 of them, so you really like that completion percentage. 15 for 19 for 155. No touchdowns, no picks, which isn't great. So if you just did the quick math on the passing attempts, in the passing yards, rather, he would have had, what, a, a touch over six fantasy points just from his passing yardage alone. But with Cam Newton, that's not all you get. All right, he led the Patriots in carries. He out-carried Sony Michelle by five. Cam Newton had 15 carries for 75 yards, which is a perfect five yards per carry, which is good. And two rushing touchdowns could have easily have been three. Uh, Cam Newton, fantasy-wise, you know that if he pl every season when he plays a whole season, that's not a way, right? Every season he plays a full season. Um, let me rephrase that. If the dude's healthy and he plays the whole year, then he's never finished worse than quarterback four. Uh, he's already showing that he still has the rushing ability. He's still showing that he's a physical freak, and he looks like he's hungry. Um, and he could have had a passing touchdown, too, that Nikhil Harry ended up fumbling into the end zone, which means it's a touchback for the other team. One of the craziest rules that exists in the NFL. So Cam Newton finished in uh, top six, and he easily could have made his way into the uh, into the top four for sure. Um, so those are the top five quarterbacks. Let's move over to the running back position. All right, now, unfortunately, I didn't give myself enough time to really uh, really work the sound effects in there for the whole show. So for the rest, for the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, we're going to go no sound effects. But next week, I'm going to make sure I leave myself enough time to do that. I really want to get this show out before, you know, we got to start, start talking about week two. So top five uh, running backs. Coming in first place was Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had a monster, an absolute monster. He turned in in a half-point PPR scoring. He turned in a 33.9 fantasy point performance. Now, here's the thing with Josh Jacobs, right? Now, he was a fantasy darling. Everyone and their mothers were all in on Josh Jacobs this year to have a really big year because he was really good last year uh, before his injury but the thing was he wasn't really being involved in the passing game and that was an area for concern so if you were willing to draft Josh Jacobs in the late first early second round you were really uh, 
you were really believing that he was going to be involved in the passing game this year. He was going to make that leap forward in his game. And I'm pleased to announce he did just that. He had six targets, which was uh, second place on his team. He had four receptions for 46 yards. That is really good for Josh Jacobs. Uh, so we really like his involvement in the passing game. The rushing... Now, here's the interesting thing about Jacobs, okay? He had 25 attempts, which which is a lot. That's a lot in the NFL. 25 carries is great. He was the undisputed workhorse running back for the Raiders, which is what we're all hoping for. On those 25 attempts, he only had 93 yards. That's an average of 3.7 yards a carry. That's bad. That's bad for Jacobs. Now, that just goes to show you that he could and he could do even better than this. Now, the thing that bailed him out was not one touchdown, not two touchdowns, but three rushing touchdowns. This Carolina defense was just letting him walk into the end zone every time they cut down there. Um, if you went against Josh Jacobs, I went against Josh Jacobs in a couple spots, so I feel your pain getting the, the notification. Josh Jacobs, uh, three-yard touchdown run. Josh Jacobs, eight-yard touchdown run. And then the Josh Jacobs, like, seven-yard touchdown run. It was just heartbreaking. And it's like, come on, like, <laughs> like the dude's averaging under four carry. Like, he's being kind of bottled up a little bit but the three touchdowns i mean it is hard to come back from that now if you had josh jacobs you're feeling fantastic the attempts are there the receptions are actually there uh there's nobody challenging him for touches and you got to figure he's going to end the year being a uh over four yard a carry kind of running back so you feel really good about josh jacobs now his week two matchup He's going up against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints are no slouches. They have a really nice run defense. Um, they went against uh, the Saints went against Tampa Bay Week One, and they held their own. Uh, they they kind of held Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in check. Um, so, do I think that Josh Jacobs is going to be able to put up a? Oh man, it's it's unfair to say will he be able to go for thirty again? Because that's what he did week one. I think the chances of him going for thirty again is basically slim to none. Um, but do I think he can finish as a top five against the Saints? I think this is going to. Uh, I think this is going to hurt Jacobs. I don't think Jacobs is really gonna. Uh, I don't think he's going to finish in the top five this week. The Saints defense is no joke. So I, I see the Saints really focusing in on trying to stop Josh Jacobs and try to make Derek Carr beat them through the air. So I think Josh Jacobs kind of struggles this week. I'm not I'm not seeing 30. I think we could be more, more so looking at like a, a 10 to 13. If he gets a touchdown, he'll save your week. But I'm not expecting big things from Josh Jacobs in week two. Also, it's worth noting that it's the Monday night game. So... Uh, at least you have one of your big names going late, uh, but when it's all coming down to him, I, if you're losing by like 20 points with Josh Jacobs going into Monday night, I'm not liking the chances there. Now, Christian McCaffrey comes in second place. He had 26.9. Uh, funny enough, Christian McCaffrey actually went against the Raiders, so Josh Jacobs and McCaffrey were going against each other, and they finished one and two and running back points this week. So McCaffrey had 26.9. Uh, I mean, McCaffrey is just so good. He's so involved in the passing game. He's such a good running back. He has a nose for the end zone. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is just phenomenal, man. He's showing you why he should have been uh, the unquestioned number one pick in fantasy uh, this season. 
he had 23 rushing attempts for 96 yards and two touchdowns, averaged about 4.2 a carry. Now, the receptions were a little low for a McCaffrey game. He only had four targets, three catches for 38 yards. So you gotta, you gotta figure after losing to the Raiders, uh, that the coaching staff over there has to be in the mind state. Let's give the ball to McCaffrey more. Let's you know check it down to him more. So although Christian McCaffrey came in second on the week, I think that there's uh, more upside for him to finish way better than that going forward. So uh, week two, Christian McCaffrey is going to be going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had a, uh, a down week one. I think that the Panthers try to right the ship if they want a, a chance to win this game. I do think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out guns blazing against the, the Panthers' defense. I think Tom Brady has uh, has a big chip on his shoulder for game two, so I think the Buccaneers are going to come out, and they're going to come out fast. I can see the Panthers relying on Christian McCaffrey in the passing game more in this one, which means that there's a potential for another really big fantasy game from him. So do I think Christian McCaffrey can do it again and finish in the top three? Absolutely. I'm going to say that every single week because it's Christian McCaffrey we're talking about. Let's move. Let's not spend any more time on CMC. Let's move right over to the third place running back. And that was Zeke. Surprise, surprise. Now, Zeke was going up against the uh, the LA Rams. He had 22 rushing attempts for 96 yards and one touchdown. About 4.5-ish a carry. Well, more like 4.4. Uh, but still, that's really good. In the receiving game, he was also involved. He had four targets. He brought in three of them for 31 yards and a receiving touchdown, which is really nice. Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he was drafted universally in the three spot. Um, I think that's totally fair. Zeke is an absolute monster. I pencil him in for a top five just about every week. Unless he gets hurt, then there's just no stopping that dude. Um, week two... He's in a fantastic matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, the same Falcons who just absolutely gave it up week one. So I think the Cowboys are going to come out rolling. I can see a lot of points being put up on the board this game. Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, how do you not pencil him in for two touchdowns this game? I absolutely think Zeke is going to finish in the top five again. He also has the potential to finish the number one overall running back in the week. Uh, The matchup is there. Uh, I love, 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 love Zeke for week two. Okay, so this is where it gets a little weird, okay? So coming in fourth place on the week, all right? If you're driving, you might want to pull over. Uh, if you're at work, you might want to you know, go take a bathroom break or something. Uh, if you're playing football with your kid, you, you might want to hold the ball and not throw it right now. Because <laughs> Malcolm Brown finished RB4 on the week. What is, what is happening? Malcolm Brown fourth place who who in their right mind could have predicted that Malcolm Brown went for 24.5 fantasy points and he did it against the Dallas Cowboys who was supposed to have a good defense now the Rams ended up winning this game 20 to 17 um the Cowboys took another heartbreaking L but I mean Malcolm Brown went out there and he looked the part, didn't he? He had 14 uh, not not 14, 18 rushing attempts for 79 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 4.4 clip. And the crazy thing is is he had 18 rushing attempts. Cam Akers had 14 rushing attempts. So both of them got a lot of work. It was really similar, but the difference is that Malcolm Brown averaged 4.4, the rookie Cam Akers averaged 2.8. Cam Akers went four, uh, 14 for 39. Brown was 18 for 79. 
Um, in the passing game, Malcolm Brown was also involved. He had four targets. He brought in three of them for an additional 31 yards on the ground. Um, he just really looked good, and the Cowboys' defense is supposed to be nasty. So this was this was unbelievably shocking. I don't know who wouldn't be shocking by <laughs> such an outcome. Um, it, it's interesting to me that Malcolm Brown had 18, but the rookie Cam Akers had 14. Um, so I think that this is going to be a really hard backfield to judge because, I mean, there's going to be weeks where maybe Cam Akers is the one with around 20 carries and maybe Malcolm Brown only gets the 14, 15 carries. So this is a really tricky backfield. I can already tell it's going to be a headache, but week two, they're going up against the Rams. The Rams defense looked terrible. Um, uh, not the Rams, the Eagles, sorry. So the Eagles defense looked terrible. I think the Rams can come out here and I think that the Rams are, are I think they're going to really work on getting their offense firing on all cylinders. I think Jared Goff has a nice bounce back game here. I think the wide receivers, Cup and Woods, have big games. Um, so I think one of the running backs is going to be solid. One of the running backs should get the touchdown. Now, is it going to be Brown or Akers? I'm going to go Brown until, until he doesn't do it. Malcolm Brown looked good. Now, do I think he's going to finish in the top five? No. Um, I don't think he belongs in the top five this week. Now, the matchup is there, so I do think, however, he could be in the top ten. But top five? Uh, man, I'm not I'm not seeing it. I mean, that's to be, finishing in the top five for running backs isn't an easy feat. And Malcolm Brown doing it two weeks in a row? I'm going to throw shade on this one. I don't think he's going to finish in the top five. But the Eagles defense does suck, so, I mean, you never know. Now, I know that that was a bit shocking, right, the Malcolm Brown at four, so if you're on the side of the road, if you're still in the bathroom at work, if whatever you need to do to, like, you know, come back to reality, just wait. Just, you know, wait one more second, okay? Because coming in fifth place was Naeem Hines? The, like, the third down scat bat out of Indianapolis it goes for 23.3 fantasy points? All right, we really got to dive into this one. So Naeem Hines had seven rushing attempts on the game. He goes seven for 28 in one rushing touchdown. They averaged four yards a carry. Seven carries, I mean, that's nothing. Now, it is worth noting, and the big news here, is that Marlon Mack tore his ACL, and Marlon Mack is out for the season. Now, Mack was, I mean, Mack was having a really nice game to start. He really was. Uh, he had four attempts for 26 yards, so he was averaging, tw uh, I almost said 26. He was averaging 6.5 yards a carry. Uh, he was also heavily involved in the passing game, which isn't really Marlon Mack's MO. He had... Uh, three targets, brought in all three of them for 30 yards. So Marlon Mack looked really, really good before taking his ACL. So this was a devastating injury for Marlon Mack. Um, Jonathan Taylor, owners rejoice. You guys have to be feeling pretty good right now. Um, so here's the interesting thing. So as of today, the Colts haven't brought in anybody yet. They haven't. Uh, I mean, they brought in Lamar Miller, but there hasn't been any signings. And Mar uh, Lamar Miller is the definition of washed. So... Uh, so it looks like it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines show. Now, an interesting thing is that Jonathan Taylor, he led the team in carries, but he struggled, man. He was 9 for 22. He averaged 2.4 yards a carry. Uh, so that, you know, that's, uh, that's really not good. Now, Jonathan Taylor also had six targets, and he brought in all six for 67 receiving yards. So that is really good. But... Is that going to be Jonathan Taylor's lane, or is the receiving work going to be Naeem Hines' thing? Because Naeem Hines had eight targets 
for 45 yards and a receiving touchdown. So this is going to be interesting now because both of these dudes can catch the ball out of the backfield, but the Colts keep on harping on the point that Naeem Hines is going to be heavily involved in the pa- in this passing game. And he's uh, he's a vital piece. He's a big... Uh, He's a big piece of this offense. So I'm thinking it's going to be the one-two punch of Jonathan Taylor and Hines going forward. But I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to take the Marlon Mack role. Um, but I do think Jonathan Taylor is still going to be involved in the passing game a bit just because it's Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers loves throwing it to the running back. The dude can't throw a ball accurately more than five yards down the field. So he really needs everything to be as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. Um, so I do think that Naeem Hines, I think that he's still going to be useful going forward. Um, I think that it wouldn't be a stretch to say he can catch five to six balls every game and throw in about maybe five, ten carries. So I think that Naeem Hines is going to be a piece of this offense. Now, is he going to finish in the top five? No. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. I know he was a very popular waiver pickup, and if you put in a claim for him and you got him, congratulations, because he's going to be a player that you're going to be able to use. You're going to be able to use in a pinch. So I do think that he's going to be useful, but finishing in the top five, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if Naeem Hines doesn't sniff the top five again for the rest of the season. I mean, having a two-touchdown performance, um, that's crazy. But I do think Naeem Hines, or I guess a good way to put it is that since Phillip Rivers is the quarterback, would it be crazy to say that Naeem Hines is going to be the new Eckler and Jonathan Taylor is going to be the Melvin Gordon role? I really don't think that that's you know, that far out of left field. I think that that's going to be what this offense is going forward. So uh, I feel really good about Jonathan Taylor. He had a, he had a really bad debut, but you know, a whole week of camp running with the ones. The dude's big and talented. He'll figure it out. No Marlon Mack for the rest of the year. So I do think that uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a really nice play going forward. But I do think Naeem, Naeem Hines isn't going to go away. But I don't think he's going to, you know, have another double touchdown game. They're uh, going against the Vikings week two. First thing I think of when I think Vikings and Phillip Rivers is a ton of checkdowns. So I think Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are both going to have probably six six catches apiece. I don't think that would be crazy. Maybe even eight catches apiece. Uh, but I think Jonathan Taylor would be the one to get it into the end zone this time. So Naeem Hines, top five, no way for me. Uh, I can't throw enough shade. If I could, like, I don't even know. Like, if I, like, I wouldn't even throw shade at him. I'd try to throw a tree at him. Like, there's there's no way that Naeem Hines is going to be in the top five again. All right, guys. So we still have wide receivers and tight ends left. Now, this episode has actually gone longer than I expected. So uh, I think this will be the place to take a break today. Uh, We're going to have to do this in two parts. So tomorrow, check back for the wide receiver tight end. Top five, praise or shade. Um, It seems like a lot of the quarterbacks got praise for the most part. Uh, And then what? A couple of the running backs got some heavy shade thrown on them. So we'll see what the wide receivers look like tomorrow. So again, thank you guys for listening to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. This is your host, Mark. AJ couldn't be with me today. He's uh, he's already at his regular job. So just rolling solo, trying to keep the content coming so we can get out, get more shows out during the course of the week with our crazy recording schedules not really matching up. We got to take the initiative. We got to make sure that we're delivering the content. So thank you guys for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.